Good morning and welcome to Spin Class. We're talking politics. Your host, Michael Fragan, here on the Nakam Siegel Network, NakamSiegel.com, and on the NSN app. And not a full show this week. I know there's tons and tons of news. 2024, people talking about the big Trump announcements. Republicans take the House. The future of Nancy Pelosi. Will she or won't she? Um, infighting in the Republican Senate at Rick Scott after failing as NRSC chairman decides to mount a challenge to Mitch McConnell totally put down. Uh, but, but we're not going to talk about any of that. Uh, I think just an editorial note, it's going to be a short one just because uh, I think that this is the kind of point that needs to linger is that it is so, so historic. The turnout of the Orthodox community on November 8th, just one week ago, in the New York elections. Uh, for those who are disappointed, including me, that Lee Zeldin did not become governor. I'm, I'm able to say it. I mean, it's not, a, it's not a secret that I think he was poised to win. And, you know, I'm not going to dissect the race necessarily. They won the magic, we won the magic number of 30% in New York City. And there are a couple reasons why that you know, is not an automatic number, but that's not the point. The point is that the Orthodox community turned out in record numbers, record turnout in excess, far in excess of who turned out elsewhere. And for those of you in the city who didn't have the feeling and the euphoria of electing four, actually five, but four directly, kind of directly responsible by the Orthodox community, by the Jewish community, by the firm community, and that turnout and that participation those of you who didn't get that feeling in the city, you have to think about the fact that the feeling that Republicans were on the comeback in New York and the feeling that they could win and there was an opportunity here propelled all these races and pro propelled the participation. And there was no question at all, at all, that the increased participation and the vote the lopsided vote, and I know some are trying to revise history. I read even the Yiddish press how it's amazing that certain people in our community, and I don't want to call out specific names here, are trying to rewrite this history despite and to basically say that Hochul did much better than she did or that Sean Patrick Maloney did much better than he did in Muncie or that other people. The numbers are the numbers. I mean, we have actual election results, folks. We know that in places like Curious Joel where people might say, oh, Hochul ran away with it. Well, it was 43%. She won 43%. Even in New Square, okay, about 200 people, which is kind of unheard of. Usually it's, you know, there's like three or four people who vote the other way. About 200 people voted. But in Muncie itself, Michael Lawler easily cleared about twelve to 13,000 votes. And Lee Zeldin from the firm community and Lee Zeldin probably more than that. It was so lopsided in the four Hasidic places in Muncie itself. Okay, um, those are um, Kakiat, Elmwood, Kaser, um, and two twenty three Maple. In those four spots, the margin. This is just. This is just. Hochul got less than five hundred votes, four hundred ninety three votes to seven thousand two hundred and fifty three votes for Lee Zeldin. A margin of six thousand seven hundred and sixty votes, or ninety three point six percent. Now, all those of you, and I understand there are Hochul supporters out there who want to say, oh, well, you know, whatever, all kinds of excuses. 
you know, Jewish leadership talking about the great job that they did. Good. Pat yourself on the back. I have no problem. By the way, it's politics. We need both sides. We need uh, active participation. We need courtship of parties, of both parties to court our community. And that needs to happen. And that should happen. And that only happens if people participate and they think that they can win. Not that they think, oh, it's a lost cause and they don't participate. That is a guarantee that the government will do things to you like the, the education department did because the Democrats took you for granted because the Democrats in Albany didn't care and they didn't think there would be a backlash. No question. End of story. They would never do it to any other community. And so for those of you in the city who don't see the euphoria of electing Mike Lawler, Anthony D'Esposito, and George Santos in Nassau County, Marcus Molinaro, on the back of three to 4,000 votes from the Sullivan County Orthodox community, Marcus Molinaro won the village of Bloomingburg. It's a small vote, right? Small vote, 91.2%. He won absentee ballots in the 90% range amongst the second homeowners or the first homeowners, however you want to put it. In towns of Fallsburg, people out there doing those kind of work. Other uh, yeshiva community in South Fallsburg, there are about 4,000 votes, three to 4,000 votes year-round of people who vote in Sullivan County. That's the difference. You swing that one way or the other, and that's the difference in the race. Anthony D'Esposito, a 10,000 vote margin, probably estimated in the five towns area. Okay, Lee Zeldin won the Village of Lawrence, 90%. Hochul, 291 to 2644 for Zeldin. Village of Cedarhurst, 1923 for Zeldin, 474 for Hochul. That's 80%, over 80%. The entire five towns, more than 76%. Those are numbers. Those are incredible numbers. The Great Neck Peninsula, where George Santos won used to be the bluest area, the most liberal Jewish area of the entire county, kind of the cradle of the Democratic organization. That's where Tom DiNapoli's from. John Kamen, Anna Kaplan, <clears throat> go on and on. George Zimmerman, who was running for Congress, also from Great Neck. Everybody, Great Neck, Great Neck, Great Neck, Great Neck. Great Neck is now red. Great Neck went heavily for Zeldin and for George Santos, made the difference in that race, electing George Santos as a congressman. And of course, as we know, as we've been talking about Mike Lawler in the 17th district, we knew that this race was going to come down to the participation of the Orthodox community, and it did not disappoint, and people came out and turned out. And the people in Brooklyn who say to themselves, well, we didn't didn't really get to participate in all that success, well, actually, three assembly seats in Southern Brooklyn. Could have been four. Could have been four. I don't call anybody out, but in the 41st Assembly District, Helene Weinstein, the incumbent, did not have a Republican opponent. Could have been four. Lee Zeldin won that district, 55 to 45. So if you're sitting there in Brooklyn and you're one of those people who lives in that assembly district, the 41st assembly district, and you probably voted Republican or wanted to vote Republican, you probably voted for Lee Zeldin, and then you're probably wondering where's the Republican on the ticket. Well, that's an issue that needs to be worked out. That is a problem. But those that want to rewrite history and talk about, I mean, five to 6,000 votes in Crown Heights, unprecedented turnout. 10,000 Hasidic votes in Williamsburg. It's incredible. Say, I mean, if, how do you know? How do we take this out? How do we figure this out? Well, we take all these EDs that are, let's say, majority Orthodox. Uh, we know they are because we know where the from Jews live, and you can tease out generally in the city in some of these areas, especially in more inner city type of areas. There are fewer Republicans, so the people you can see who votes Republican in the regular election. 
And you can compare that with those who voted Republican in this election. All 62 counties in New York State went more Republican this year. All 62 counties with a huge shift in places like Southern Brooklyn. So if you're in Borough Park, you say, well, it really didn't matter. We didn't elect Lee Zeldin. Well, the fact that he had a fighting chance mattered all around the state. That energized and propelled Republicans all around the ticket. And yes, there were some disappointments. We didn't win as many state Senate seats, meaning the Republicans, as should have. But but the big prize, the House of Representatives, there will be a Republican majority in the House of Representatives. That is confirmed. And that happens. And that if that margin is one seat or that margin is two seats or even if it's three seats, that is because our community, the Orthodox Jewish community, came out to vote on November 8th collectively with massive numbers with historic turnout and that's due to all of you out there and think about it and take credit for it if you if you feel if that's the way you you chose i mean i not here to tell people who to vote how to vote for that's generally not the show people know my probably know my feelings privately but there's no question that this was a historic event because many in the Orthodox community feel that the Democrats have just lost their mind in New York State, that they've gone way too far with crime, with the lack of religious freedom, with restrictions, school closures, school closures, over and over, not respecting our yeshivas, not respecting the core of our education, the core of our existence, not respecting the fact that we might not be as progressive or want to be as progressive as they are. And hopefully that carries over because politics is a participation, participatory sport. We need to continue. We need to be involved. We need to be engaged. There are races next year. If you live outside New York City, county legislative seats, also very important. If you live in New York City, New York City council seats, incredibly important. It's a real opportunity there to kind of turn back some of the craziness you know, the, the defund the police, anti-crime, anti-police, anti-blue craziness, and really enact policies that are going to be beneficial for New York City and New York State. And hopefully it send the message. Hopefully a lot of people will wake up. I know the leadership certainly understands that they can't, that they have to corral some of these progressive impulses because nobody likes to lose seats. I know they're kind of cavalier about it. I know that some of the you know, New York State Senate leadership, oh, we didn't need some of those moderates anyway. And the Assembly leadership, they don't like need so much some of those moderates anyway. But you have to realize that if you're going to continue this, the movement against and the backlash is going to continue to grow. So I say stay committed to it. Stay the course. Stay involved. Stay engaged. Fight for what you believe in. And it gets noticed. You can win. You can win. You can win. Even if you, we didn't win the governorship, we can continue to win important races. And you see that common sense New Yorkers are realizing that many of these policies, these far left radical policies that put criminals ahead of regular people, that put non-citizens ahead of us. And that's not a xenophobic comment, but I just believe that a person who's a citizen and pays taxes should have certain advantages. 
in a country, those policies need to be countered. And that will happen, hopefully, as we elect more people who are able to fight for what we believe in. And as far as this idea of the backlash, the revenge, okay, it could happen. Smart politicians, and I've been involved in this business for a long time, call the people who didn't vote for them, engage with the people who didn't vote for them immediately after the election. Shutting people out is not a recipe. You got to run again, especially if you're running for Congress. You got to run again in two years. You got to run again. Yes, governors, four years, but people can have long memories and the smart politicians will engage the people who didn't support them. Case in point, Joe Biden had no problem calling New Square. They didn't vote for him in 2020. Joe Biden had no problem engaging with Kirish Joel. They didn't vote for him in 2020. He had no problem calling Kaser. They didn't vote for him in 2020. So there are a lot of people out there, you know, who are saying, well, you know, we have to be afraid of the backlash. Well, smart politicians don't engage in that. I am sure, I have no doubt that Eric Adams even engaged as mayor, even engaged people who supported Andrew Yank. Maybe not quite as lovingly and wholeheartedly as the people who supported him in the beginning, but no reason to make enemies of people. And if you show that you can deliver votes and you can deliver electoral consequences, you matter. So that's it for this week here on Spin Class, here on the Nahum Siegel Network. Stay tuned for June in the City Speaks with Allison Joseph. See you next week.